Welcome to Thousand Generations Podcast, hosted by Dan and Chad Bohai, a father and son duo committed to pursuing God's dream and desire of faithfulness to Jesus and living to see the gospel of his kingdom pass from one generation to the next, to a thousand generations. Thank you for joining us on our journey as we hope to encourage you on yours. Hey everybody, Chad Bohai and Dan Bohai back with another episode of Thousand Generations Podcast. Thank you so much for those who were uh, gracious enough to join us for our first episode. We've gotten a lot of great feedback and encouragement that it was a blessing to you, to your family, and that's why we're doing this. We just want to be a source of encouragement as a father and son duo who are just committed, as it said on the intro, to seeing the faith not just live in one generation, but pass from generation to generation, all the way to a thousand generations. So this week, we are going to pick up where we left off, where my dad got to share just the unbelievable, life-altering encounter he had with Jesus in 1995. And I'm down here in not-so-sunny San Diego on a family vacation, And as I was driving, reflecting on episode two, I remembered one of the most uh, crazy stories that I actually remember with my dad when he flew us from Kansas City all the way out to San Diego on a vacation when we were little. And so, Dad, if I recall, it was in La Jolla Beach. You want to just kind of rehearse that story for us as we get into this episode? Well, I just remember that I wanted to show off to my kids how to body surf. And I didn't pay attention to the red flag, riptide warning flags. I didn't have any awareness because I'm a Midwestern guy trying to look like the hero for all four of my kids. And so I just hit the water and I said, now, kids, just watch me. And so I went out and did a couple of body surfs. But I noticed that after a little bit, I started feeling like the harder I tried to fight to get to shore, the farther away from shore I got. And I remember I started panicking a little bit thinking, I'm not going to make it back to shore because <laughs> the harder I fight, the harder I strive, the farther out I'm being tucked, you know, taken out. And I didn't know what was going on. I was screaming and my kids, my wife and everybody said they heard me screaming, but then after a while they couldn't hear me screaming anymore. So I was way out. I remember I got out so far that all I could see was the back of the waves you know, wow. when they would break, all I could see is the back of the breakers. And then I got out where I just saw the swells. I couldn't see the shore anymore. And I remember thinking, is this how I'm going to die? Like, <laughs> I can't get back to shore and nobody's answering my scream. And then I remembered that morning in the hotel, I was I memorized a verse. And the verse that I remember I memorized that morning was Second Chronicles 16, 9. And that's, you know, where it says the eyes of the Lord roam to and fro across the whole earth, looking for someone whose heart is completely devoted to them, to him, so he can show himself strong on their behalf. Now, yeah, I had maybe I had maybe done 20 minutes of trying to get to shore where I was totally exhausted. <clears throat> and so I laid back, my legs started cramping. I thought, okay. And then I remembered the verse. 
and I looked up to heaven, kind of laying back, trying to relax because I was feeling a little nervous, you know, like I was going to die, I was going to drown. And I said, Lord, if you're roaming around, I'm one whose heart is completely committed to you. Show yourself strong on my behalf. I'm in trouble here. And the moment I said that verse, looking up, this hippie on a surfboard with tattoos all over his back and his body and his arms and his face and his chest and long hair down to the middle of his back on this tattoo. Immediately he showed up out of nowhere and he looks at me and goes, hey, dude, you need a lift. And I thought it was the most beautiful. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. It's like God knew when I needed strength to save me. And, and so the guy said, just hold on to my board. And so he kind of started paddling and then a lifeguard met me Hmm. and the lifeguard, the lifeguard said, um, don't let go of this orange buoy and just whatever you do, don't let, I said, well, why couldn't I get back to shore? And the lifeguard said, you can't go straight at it. You have to go at an angle and work something with the riptide. You can't just go straight because you'll never be able to make it. There's too much power in the ocean. And so then I trusted, I trusted the, lifeguard until we got into the breakers and then the lifeguard was on top of me and I was drowning. So I pushed the lifeguard off. So anyway, he got me to shore and I got up on the shore and I remember I got up to about shin deep, ankle deep water and I collapsed and thought I was having a heart attack. And, and I, and I realized that I wasn't the expert body surfer, but God <laughs> was faithful. And I, I learned something that when I was striving, trying to make it in my own power, I couldn't think about anything but the problem. But when I took a moment to rest and look up, and the Lord reminded me of the verse that I memorized that morning. Wow. And I just spoke I just spoke it. And within a few seconds, help was there. And God was faithful to his word. He was roaming the earth, looking for someone whose heart. And so, you know, I think, Chad, if we try to fight sin or uh, uh, temptation, constantly with our own strength we can never win mm. but i but i think if we could ever get to the point where we enter into the rest of god where his power and his blood has already won the victory yes and we can cease from our labor and let his power that works so mightily effectively in us be the thing that we follow after so we end up mm. practicing standing firm in the power of his might you know Ephesians yes. 16 Instead of striving, we we fight to enter the rest of God. Hebrews four eleven. Rest, resting in Him, and you know, in quietness and trust and repentance and you know, rest. That is yes. the power. And so, you know, we're, we're talking about holiness in these first several episodes. The first time in the Bible that sanctification is mentioned is in Genesis chapter two, hmm. where where Moses writes that on the seventh day, God rested from all of his labor and he sanctified the day. And there's a law in the Bible that anytime a word is used the first time, it usually sets precedent all the way through. And I love the fact that the first time the word holy is used is where Moses is standing in front of the burning bush and the voice from the bush says, take off your shoes, the place where you stand. Come so on. I noticed the first time the first time sanctification's used is when rest is involved. And the first time holiness is used is when standing and not striving is involved. 
So I think there is no holiness for us human beings outside of being connected to the Holy One. Yes. But we choose to stay connected as he is, so are we. There's an importation yeah. of life that comes. And so I, I thought that was maybe uh, I learned a lesson. Well, number one, don't go out in riptide currents. But yes, number, number two, it's a parabolical lesson that the world is a riptide. Yes. And if we try yes. to do things in our own strength, we're going to crash and burn and die every time. We can't do it in our yes. own strength. Yes. And so yes. that's thank you for remembering. I don't remember that story until you reminded me of it today. Yeah. Right as I was driving, you know. Highway 5 had some road work, shocker, um, and I, I saw the La Jolla exit, and then as I was just hanging out here these, these last few days with my family around the pool and just going to parks, I remembered, um, I remembered that story of La Jolla, and I want to just drill down a little bit deeper. First of all, that was incredible. If you were listening, don't forget, he sanctified resting, and then stand because the ground is holy. Don't forget those two words. Hold on. Resting and standing. But I still remember when you were out there, I, as a little boy, as you're telling that story, I vividly remember us getting alerted that you were out there in a helpless situation. I remember I dove head first as if I, little Chad, I remember this with all of my vivid picture. Like I was going to swim out and try to rescue my dad. And you were, you know, you're, you were much larger than I was as a little kid, you know, 10, 11, however old I was. And how the lifeguard just kind of said, settle down. You know, those who know how to do it are already deployed. Like they're going to get your dad. It's going to be okay. I just remember, I remember that. So I want to, I want to drill down a little deeper. Dad, we're going to highlight your journey these, these first several episodes because it's so set the trajectory for my journey, my brother, my sisters, my mom, really our, our whole family, Bohai family was impacted, um, certainly from the faith that lived in your parents and in your siblings, but you were such a key figure in, in, in mi- mo- many of our journeys. So the reason I wanted to bring this up for episode two is because I think there's a secret here that the tide pulls you out and like you said, the more you're striving, the further it takes you. The more you're using your own energy, the further the shore goes. And I, I know that someone said this way smarter than me. Sin takes you further than you want to go, and it keeps you longer than you want to stay. That's the nature of sin. And so there is such a parable here that you already drew out some amazing implications but as we kind of just turn the corner and go to some application for those who would be listening, and maybe they're, in, they're battling a besetting sin. Maybe they're caught up in a riptide of generational bondage and brokenness that was in their parents or their grandparents. Maybe they've kno- all they've known in their Christian experience when it, as it pertains to God's holiness and his call for us to be holy, but like, like God told Cain, sin is outside the door of your heart. He's crouching, wanting to devour you. Can you just unpack a little more about what happened with your encounter in 95 that you've never gotten over as it pertains to how we are to think about not only God's holiness, but how he, he wants to make us holy from the inside out. And I just love the picture of, this, of you on the riptide. So many of us think that that's what our uh, future is when it, as it pertains to sin and our struggle and 
you know, the fight for purity. But I think there's something deeper here. You know, some dude is able to just be unbothered with all these tats and long hair in the same ocean that you're in. Come on. But he knew how to write it. He knew the ins and outs. He had that board, you know, to rise above the undercurrent that is unseen. So just unpack that a little bit for us, for those who'd be listening and who really they're zealous for holiness. They want to walk with Jesus. And you already gave us two really good ones, the, the resting and the standing. But go a little deeper, just your own journey and how your appetites and heart were changed. Well, I think if we yield ourselves wholeheartedly to God with first commandment love, and we ask him to come in and cleanse and purify and give our hearts purity, out of your heart flow all the desires or issues of your life. And so the moment you actually do give God permission to do what he wants to do by his blood, which we know from First John is not just forgive us of our sins, but to cleanse us of all the unrighteousness that sin causes and that it comes from. If we let the blood of Jesus do what it was shed to do, our desires change and yes. we don't want to see how far away from God we can get. The desire becomes, how can I stay as close to God as I can? Yes. In other words, when the desires change, I remember reading, you know, one time through the Bible in Ezekiel where it says that, you know, when he gives you the new heart and then he gives you the new spirit and then he puts his spirit within your new spirit, then he moves you. Yes. Like he moves your desires to want to follow his laws and decrees. So it's no longer a striving within. I think holiness of heart eliminates the inward striving and it gives us more fortitude to combat the outward temptations that the world around us will never stop. I don't think temptation. Mm. In fact, I think the closer you get to the heart of Jesus, the more temptation is going to arise. So I don't think temptation is ever the issue, but I think the want to in your heart is the issue. And when God uh, changes your heart and purifies your heart, it's like, it's like, it's like when, um, Moses and Joshua came down the mountain and they heard that sound that sounded like an orgy mm. and Aaron came up to Moses and she said, don't, he said, don't be angry, my Lord, you know how prone we are to evil. Yeah. Well, their, their hearts were prone to their own desires. And yes. I believe the beauty, the beauty of, you know, Jesus's sacrifice in Hebrews 13, 12, where he went outside the city gate and he suffered and he shed his blood so that he could sanctify his people. I think, the real purpose of that sacrifice was so that our proneness could change from what I want to what God wants. And I don't think it's I'm being made to do it. I actually want to do it. I want and that, to do it. And that, and that changes everything. And so it's not a striving. It's a resting. It's not, yes. it's not. It's not trying to do something. It's trusting. And because Jesus said it's finished, he actually did pay for this. He changed. Yes. He paid for the fact that we could be forgiven of everything we're guilty of, but we could be cleansed and purified and made in right standing from the inside out so that we want to do things because our conscience changes. That's the yes. beauty of the new covenant. The blood of animals could never change our conscience. No. But the blood of Jesus makes us want to follow Jesus. And so... Mm. I just think it's, I think it's all him and he lets yes. us be a part of it. He lets yes, us be a part of it. Yes. So anyway, and again, I hope that it, it's so, it answers and it's so encouraging 
I just pray, even as we land the plane on this episode, that right now people feel faith to believe that there is rest for them. And I, I remember my, we'll talk about my journey in the next episodes down the road. But I do know from watching my dad is that there was an overhaul of heart, of focus, and the appetite of your life. I don't remember you reading your Bible. I'm sure you did off and on in my upbringing. But after your accident, and again, just God radically transforming your heart where he didn't just forgive you of your sins, as glorious that is, but he changed your nature. He made your heart holy, that, that Acts 15, 8, 9 reality that he purified your heart by faith. And I know I got to see this overhaul of appetites. And just one, one little thing back to that last picture. I hope you never forget that story in La Jolla Beach here in Southern California, because many of us have an anemic view of the walk of holiness. If, if, if your vision of walking and living a holy life is predominantly in the negative realm, in other words, all the things I have to say no to so that I can be holy. Now, don't you dare misquote me or my dad. We're not saying there's not things to say no to or to crucify or to put off, to borrow from Bible language. But I think what that surfer illustrates is I think the real secret is realizing God's actually inviting us to the big yes, the greater yes. And I just see that surfboard riding on the top, the waves of divine love, of proximity, communion, and intimacy with the Holy One Himself. There is no holiness outside of the Holy One who makes us holy and who we are in Him as we're attached to Him in Christ, like a hundred plus times in the New Testament. And that's really that what that story evokes in me is here you are striving. You don't know the secrets. You don't know. But once you saw someone, again, with that vessel to bring you to shore and safety, I just feel like it's such an unbelievable picture of how, yes, we say no to this and to the lust of the flesh. There's a lot of no's and o's. But really, he's saying, will you trust me with everything? That was the question Jesus asked you on the hospital bed. And it was a real short answer. Yes, I trust you not just to cover my sin, but to change my heart. And that's what we want to just pray. I'm going to have dad pray uh, like he did last episode, that the Lord would bring those watching this or listening later into the rest of his holiness and into standing of confident assurance of who we are because of the blood of Jesus and the work of his grace and the power of his Holy Spirit. So, Dad, would you just pray for those who are watching or listening that they would experience that rest within and that standing in the holiness of Jesus? Can you pray for us? So, Father, thank you that you sent your son Jesus to pay for our lives, to win us back to you, and to, to wipe the slate clean as if we've never sinned. Thank you. Lord. And then to go even deeper to where our thoughts and our intentions lie in our heart, to give us the ability to love you with our whole heart, mind, and strength. And when we do that, God, all we want to do is please you. All we want to do is serve you. And it's not an effort and it's not a drudgery. It's actually a joy to flow in the current of your divine love. So Lord, if people watching this, listening to this podcast, if they have not experienced the freedom that comes with a fully consecrated life to you, 
just give them simple childlike faith to say, I let go of everything and I hold on to you only. And it's like this divine rescue plan that lifts us out of self-effort and self-will and willpower and discipline. And it lifts us into a realm where all those things help us, but they're not what we rely on. It lifts us into a power that carries us as a father would carry an infant. And so, Lord, give people courage to trust you with every area of their life if they're willing to die to self and sin and be resurrected in the image of Christ himself. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for paying the price for all of us. Bless everyone who hears this, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you were blessed as much as I was on this episode, please do us a a favor. Share the video. Follow the podcast. It's on both Google platforms and Apple platforms. And share it with your friends if these little 20-minute or so episodes are a source of encouragement and strengthening for you as you seek to be one who believes God for his promise as well, that the faith can live on to a thousand generations. Bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next week.